For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter number 1, and we'll look at verse 7 and 8. Exodus chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. I want to take you on a journey today, a journey to the palace, the palace in Egypt. And the journey is going to start with a man named Moses. If you know the story of Moses, how he led God's people out of the nation of Israel, And Pharaoh issued a very wicked decree at that time that all the male baby boys that were to be born to the Hebrews should be killed. If you know the story of Joseph, the Bible says that Joseph went forth and he, he made the way for his father, for his brothers, and became second in command over Egypt. And they put his family in the land of Goshen where they multiplied greatly and did very well. But there came a time when a king came over Egypt that knew not Joseph, the Bible says. And they were scared that his family, his people, the Israelites, the nation of Israel, would take over them. And so it's very wicked, it's very demonic. But the king said, kill every male that is born, is what he told the midwives. As Christians, listen to me, as Christians, we must trust the provision of the Lord and seek to fulfill the purpose of God called by us. And as Jacobid, and that's Moses' mother, protected her son and her home, we need to do the same thing and trust the Lord with it. Amen? And because in a world today, the media belittles biblical family values. You watch any good sitcom? And they're tearing the family slap apart in a funny, silly, goofy kind of way. But that's exactly what they're doing for the most part. And most of the time, they make the father to be the bumbling idiot. Why? Because he is the leader of the home. And the devil knows to go after the leader. Motherhood doesn't get much of encouragement from society today. Uh, They think just a stay-at-home mom is nobody. But really, and that came from the feminist movement, by the way, They absolutely deplore the concept of a stay-at-home mom. But let me just tell you, that is the greatest calling that any mom, any mother will ever have is to raise the next generation, is to raise the next set of leaders, to invest in them. Have you heard the saying, "The, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world? Because you are shaping and making and molding leaders in your home. You're not just raising kids. No, sir. No, you're not. No, ma'am. And truthfully, the the crowd that defends abortion belittles motherhood, saying it's not worthwhile. Don't do it. 
It sends a message, but listen to me, in reality, motherhood is the most influential role on planet Earth. The most influential role. There was a, a, a school teacher giving some little kids a test, and she was teaching them about magnets. And the next day, she handed out a paper, and they were having a little test. And it was a six-letter word. And she said, what, what was the six-letter word we were talking about that goes around and picks up everything? And when the students turned their paper in, she was surprised that most of them didn't write magnet. They wrote mother. <laughs> but to them, that's what mom does. Why? Because that is the, one of the greatest influences in their life. Remember, we imitate what we see. We imitate how people act. And how we act around our children is very, very important. And what a mother does, <clears throat> let me just read a quick study to you by Newsweek. That the average mom at home works 92 hours a week. And then if that same mom got paid for every task that she completed, she'd earn about $138,000 a year. And they, that figure comes by the, by the amount of tasks that she completed during the day. Because on the average day, a mom could be a, a counselor, an engineer, a carpenter, an accountant, a motivational speaker, a teacher, a supervisor, a personal assistant, a coordinator, an administrator, and maybe even a preacher. Amen. And so you really can't put a price on the work that you do as a mother. It is absolutely priceless. It is priceless. The Bible says that in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Proverbs 31, 28, her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. He praises her. He put his trust in her. He see how she is investing in those kids. And so as we said, we don't have that worry right now. Not, not trying to physically, physically uh, murder our children, maybe spiritually, right? And Moses was born in, in a very wicked day. When that was a time when the king put out that decree that all the males uh, should be killed. That's what they told the um, handmaidens. That is a great trial. But Jacobed trusted God and that God had a plan. Maybe she didn't even know the whole plan, but she trusted God that he had a plan. And she said, you know what? I'm going to give my baby to the Lord. Even in the face of danger of my own self and there's much to be learned on this journey of faith uh, that we're going to read about uh, she gave ultimately uh, she gave moses to the lord and he turned around and gave it right back to her for a while look with me in exodus chapter 2 and verse number 1 exodus chapter 2 and verse number 1 we'll read down through verse 5 and there went a man out of the house of levi and took to a to wife a daughter of Levi and the woman conceived and bare a son and when she saw him that he was a goodly child she hid him three months and when she could no longer hide him she took him from an ark of bulrush and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river bank brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. God's plan went merely, went way beyond just protecting Moses from death. 
it involved giving Moses the foundation to be a man greatly used by God. You see here, this decree goes out, all the babies are to be killed. She hid her baby for three months till she couldn't hide him no more. And she made an ark. That's exactly what that is. That's an ark. Put the baby in it that it may save the baby's life and let it go in the river. And as it floated down the river, Pharaoh's daughter just happened to be, you know, what timing, right? No, that was God divine timing that she would be there, that that ark would be let go and she would see it. But not only that, it is a very amazing to me that when you really read this story and you really look into it, that it was Moses' sister that stood off a far ways and was watching what was going on, watched her mother uh, put the baby in the ark and put the baby in the river, her little brother, and watched him float down the river. And then, if you notice, when they draw the baby out, Pharaoh's uh, daughter had one of his had one of her servants draw the baby out of the water. That it was Moses's sister that asked Pharaoh, "Shall I go fetch someone to nurse the baby?" Of course, where did she go? Let me read it to you in Exodus uh, chapter one uh, and verse number. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And I took the child and nursed it. That's an amazing thing. That God gives the child back to the mother. And now, not only can you have your baby back, but I'm going to pay you wages to take care of the baby. That's something that only God can do. When something like that happens, you know that is God and His hand is upon it. And we should listen. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Amen. Jochebed hid Moses from the evil influence that was after him, that threatened him. Listen to me, fathers and mothers. That's what we need to be doing to our children, hiding them from the evil that lurks to take them. The Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that the devil is a roaring lion roaming about seeking who he may devour. And Moses' father is not mentioned much until you read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Listen, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. So it was both mother, mother and father because the Bible says that they hid him three months as parents did. And I love this. They were not. They were not afraid of the king's commandments. They knew that their life would probably be taken too if they found they were hiding that baby. But they said, you know what? God give us this child. He is precious. He is worthy. We believe God has a plan for him. We're going to pray for him. We're going to pray over him. We're going to trust God with him. Even so much so that if I have to let him go in the river. Can you imagine? I don't even can't even comprehend. Maybe the mothers out there can what it would be like to have to put your baby in a basket and watch him float away and trust God with that. Whatever happens. Uh, that's something that I just I can't imagine or can't get a hold of because there was great wickedness in, in Moses' day and it threatened to eliminate God's chosen people. Amen. And if you look at what's going on in the world today, it has not changed. The nation of Israel is God's chosen nation. 
And so Satan is going to attack it. And that's the same thing that was going on here. This is God's chosen people. The devil knows that. The devil knows the Bible better than me. He knows it better than you. He knows God's plan. He, and he was going to do everything he could to exterminate the Jewish people. A lot like what's going on today. But God not only saved Moses from death, but he had a special mission for him to accomplish. A purpose given to him at birth. He was to be the leader of Israel. and He was to draw. He was to lead God's people out. Now, if you think about that, here he is. He's going to go grow up in the palace. Many great scholars said that Moses probably stayed with his mother until he was five or six years old, and he was weaned, and then he went to live in the palace uh, with Pharaoh's daughter, who had adopted him that time. So he grew up in the palace. He had access to Pharaoh. He had access to how things were ran, probably decisions that were talked about. Uh, some foresight, some foreknowledge. Not that he needed that when God's hand was upon him and God said, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Not that he needed that. He could have done it without that. But in some way, I'm sure that helped him because that was God's plan. God put him there to grow up there around those people. And so the faith of Jochebed, which is Moses' mother, gave her the courage to protect Moses from that threat of evil. Listen to me. Let your faith protect you. Know that no matter what happens, God, I'm in your hand. If I lose this, if I die of my heart, whatever it is. Because most of the things we worry about are so frivolous, so meaningless, so pointless. We worry about what so-and-so thinks or what somebody said or this, that, and the other when none of that even matters. All that matters is that you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you have asked Him for forgiveness of your sins and to come into your heart and save you, and that your, lamb is written, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing else matters. Do you hear me? After that, the only thing that matters is your walk with God and that you lead other people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let your faith lead you. Let your faith be on fire that you may push forward and serve the Lord. Don't let the fear, the Satan's fear, shut your mouth from telling people about the Lord, how they too can be saved because they too shall one day draw their last breath and stand before a thrice holy God. And listen to me, the Bible said this is a fear thing for the wicked to fall into the hands of the Lord. They'll stand judgment before him and he'll cast them into hell if they're not saved, if they're not born again. So just as Satan attempted to destroy the Jewish race in Jacob's day, he's trying to eliminate future Christians generations today. He most certainly is. Even, even when evil is rampant, God is willing and able to lead and protect his people and his children on their journey that is you ladies and gentlemen if you're saved if you're a child of god because satan will attack i've said this so many times and i felt it so many times once you truly get saved and born again you're going to find out just how real the devil really is because he's going to come after you and he's going to show you satan's purpose was to destroy the entire nation of israel and he was accomplishing it by attacking the family you know what Satan's trying to do today? He's trying to destroy the family. You know what the very first thing God ever instituted was? It was the family. How important is the family to God if that's the very first thing? that Long before the church was ever instituted, the family was instituted. Amen. It is important to God. And so if the devil could have all the male children killed as he did back then, he could eliminate future generations, future leaders, 
And Satan is trying to destroy the Christian family today. Now, here in America, we don't have that worry as of yet of somebody trying to kill us. But spiritually, it's under attack. And, and we have smartphones and cell phones and, and tablets. And the kids today have access to stuff that you used to have to go looking for in a shady place where nobody was around. Have to drive 100 miles to find it. Now somebody can hold it right there in their hand. It's, it's so accessible. Please be careful of that with your kids. Because in this evil day, God is calling us parents to be like Jochebed. To be willing to protect our families from the evil that is, that is absolutely so prevalent in society today. And there are several ways we can protect our children. Number one, set some boundaries. And not only your children, you. Set some boundaries. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 1 and 2 says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and intend to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. You know, a boundary is in place to keep things in, but it's also in place to keep things out. It's there for protection. It's not there to, to be a, a, a joy killer. No, it's there to protect your joy. That's what it's there for. There was one student given a definition of a, of a grandma and a very young child, and she's given the definition of what a grandma is. It's somebody that comes over and stops your mom from spanking you. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's a pretty good definition, isn't it? Pretty close. Well, that, but that might be kind of accurate. Uh, God still has put authority in place of kids' lives. There's a lot of decisions that we don't, even the law says they can't make because they're not 18 or 21. Why? That's there to protect them, to watch out for them because they don't know any better. And that's why they're called children. Amen. The family is God's institution. And as, as parents, we are not just, it's not a good idea. No, we're required, the Bible says, to set up some boundaries for our kids to protect them, to keep things, certain things out and keep certain things in, keep their innocent in. Because I tell you what, the world seeks to, to expose them to everything that they possibly can, it seems like. There's so much bad and evil in the world. We have to protect our children. And listen to me, standards and guidelines are not designed to rob your joy. They're absolutely designed to protect it, just like I said. When you put something in a safe, uh, it's there because you love that and you care for it. And whatever it is, you don't want nothing to happen to it. It's a boundary around it. Now, we set boundaries on our kids for the same reason, except for they're so much more precious than anything you'd ever put in a safe. They're priceless. So have good boundaries, even for yourself. Any good parent's going to give some warnings too. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Any good parent knows how many times have you warned your kids, even if they're an adult now, and you warn them, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. It's going to hurt you. I know I've been there because I've done it. Don't do it. Why? Because you love them. You care about them. You want the best for them. You don't want to see them get hurt. It hurts you even if your child hurts themselves. And so make sure that we're setting up boundaries. We're giving warnings and watching out 
for our children. One little girl was, was pretty hard to put to bed. Her, she would talk her parents slapped to death. And her, her granddad stepped in one night and said he was, you know, tucking her in, telling, you know, it's time to it's time to lay down. It's time to stop talking. It's time to be quiet. It's time to go to sleep. And she said, but Grandpa, I still got words in my mouth. And uh, isn't that so true, how, how we'll fight it? And even as adults, we laugh at the little kids, but we're just as bad, if not even worse, because we know better. And the average parent, you got to admit, when it comes to giving warnings, you do it often. You do it a lot, even when they're older, even if they're over 18, as some of ours are. They say they're grown, uh, but they still need that. I still need that, by the way. I still need that, and so do you. Remember that verse. This verse has no age limit on it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Strictness does not ruin children. Harshness ruins children, but strictness does not. Kids love rules. They'll act like it, and they don't like it, but listen to me. They, they know what's going to happen every day. They know that this doesn't change. They know that they don't go there and we don't do that. And they love rules. You know why? Because it makes them feel safe. They love it. Then they thrive within it. And when they get older, they're going to start fighting you for it because they're coming into adulthood. Yes, I understand that. But kids love boundaries. They love rules because it makes them feel safe. And as parents, we must ask God for wisdom uh, to be strict and not harsh, to set good boundaries and good, good, give good warnings and good advice. Amen. We should set an example. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. I love that. There's a generation of family. My grandmother, my mother, and now you, Timothy. And it was brought up that uh, there's no man in that picture. And I understand that. We don't know what happened to Timothy's father. Maybe he died. Maybe he didn't. Now, statistically wise, uh, you're much better to have a father in the home. But that's not always the case. But every person, even a little child, has a choice. So you get them in church if you don't have a father. Get them around some some godly men that, that act godly and 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 want good things for them, want to be a good example. Amen? Why? And then ultimately, it's the child's choice, just like it's the choice of every person, whether they're going to be saved. You could grow up in church, spend all your life in church, hear 10,000 messages on salvation. I know I did before I got saved, before I got born again. But one day, God knocked on my heart. Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not only that any should perish, and that all should come to repentance. Amen. Have you come to repentance? The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know what got me saved? As I started thinking about hell and how real hell really was, how hot it really is, and how much I really didn't want to go there. And the only way, the only salvation there is, is in through the Lord Jesus Christ. When you realize he just didn't die on that cross, he died on the cross. He ascended to the heart for three days and three nights, and he arose. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys to it. He has power over it. And when you get saved, that same power 
resides within you. God puts a piece of the Holy Spirit within you. That's what he seals you with. When the Bible says you are sealed unto the day of redemption, that is exactly what it's talking about. You are sealed with a piece of the Holy Spirit. And I ask you today, do you know that you know that you know that you have been born again and that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.